Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. I took uh, the opportunity this morning to speak with Commissioner Kelly. Uh, I told her that as a former federal prosecutor and as a Canadian uh, that I was profoundly uh, concerned and again shocked by this decision. Um, She assured me that she understood. Uh, She also assured me that uh, she was going to be reviewing the matter. We don't need a review. We need people to be fired. So what did the minister know and when about the transfer of Paul Bernardo to this medium security facility? Well, I guess it depends on uh, who you believe at this point. And to believe anything of what we are being told by Minister Mendocino is almost impossible. And that was him on Sunday, you know, expressing his shock. Just incomprehensible that this could happen. And yet apparently, Corrections Canada sent a couple of emails months ago. The first one said that they were going to be moving Bernardo. That was back in March 2nd. No one on his staff apparently bothered to mention that the worst and most notorious killer in this country was going to be moved. That didn't register, if we're to believe it. And then there was another email four days before he was transferred saying, yeah, by the way, now we're moving him. And that, too, didn't get to the minister. So there he stood in front of the camera sending thoughts and prayers to the French Mojave family who actually didn't really know about the transfer because no one bothered to tell them, so they did watch it on the news like the rest of us. But he's there you know, feeding them a bunch of spin, saying he'll get to the bottom of what he already knew or ought to have known. Tim Dance and family, four, uh, family lawyer for Kristen French and Leslie Mahaffey uh, joining us now. Thank you so much, uh, Tim, for joining us. Yeah, my pleasure. What's your reaction? Well, you know, when I read this, I mean, my first thought was, how do you stand in front of a microphone and speak to these families um, with any sense of pride and, 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 you know, and say the words you do when you know you're, you're not being truthful? It's, uh, it's revolting. Well, the whole circumstances and the absence of transparency is, is very disappointing and, quite frankly, very hurtful uh, to the families. Um, Our view at the present time, though, is that, uh, as the minister said, he's found this decision to be shocking and incomprehensible. Uh, And um, if if he believes that, then there should be no problem in reversing this decision. Uh, And uh, that is something that we have communicated to him uh, directly by a letter that I wrote to him Mm -hmm. uh, last week. And I actually had a very brief conversation with him this morning. reiterating the concern of the families and that um, uh, it's time just to reverse this decision and put Paul Bernardo back into the uh, you know, maximum uh, penitentiary in, at, at Millhaven. Uh, I don't know if, if we have a system, a bureaucratic system of plausible deniability, mm-hmm. uh, but um, what I find shocking, given that we're talking about Canada's most notorious um, sadistic, you know, sexual psychopath. And those aren't my words. Those are the words of the psychiatrist who testified at the, um, at Bernardo's dangerous offender application hearing and, you know, before the parole board. And, um, 
so how is it that someone so notoriously dangerous and, and known that the Corrections Canada uh, is simply sending email, two emails to uh, the minister's office, not, not to the minister directly? How is it possible that the commissioner or deputy commissioner doesn't pick up the telephone and communicate directly to uh, the, the minister? Um, so that's why, uh, you know, I, 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 a lot of red flags are up. Uh, a lot of questions need to be answered. That's why I wonder if this is just a system of plausible deniability. But uh, I, the, the other thing that's of great concern to the families is this um, this knee-jerk or reflex privacy shield mm-hmm. uh, that, that they throw up. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, that amounts to secrecy that prevents the authorities uh, from any transparency uh, that would allow them to be accountable to the public yep. uh, with the excuse uh, that they're protecting the offender. They're not protecting the offender, they're protecting themselves. And so we really need urgency, I'm sorry, I'm sorry transparency in, in all of this. Um, I, I, this privacy interest is something that I reject. We have a case before the Federal Court of Appeal, which I argued last February, we're waiting for a decision, dealing with the, um, you know, the, the requirement under the Privacy Act for the government to do a principled and proportional uh, balancing between the public interests and the specific privacy interests of, in this case, Paul Bernardo. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we'll get some clarity on that, but... Um, to talk about Paul Bernardo's privacy rights, he certainly didn't give a damn about the privacy rights of Kristen French and Leslie Mahaffey and many other people. And he should be uh, in a maximum security penitentiary for the rest of his life. Yeah, somewhere along the way, um, we allowed it to be normalized where agencies and or government institutions don't actually feel like they have to um, talk about anything or justify or uh, defend their decisions. And it is a loss. Um, and I think it's uh, shameful that we have allowed this. Um, you say plausible deniability. I'll say outright willful blindness. It's just simply not um, not possible that this minister wouldn't have known or someone in his office, unless they're like 10 years old and they don't know who Paul Bernardo is. It's just, I don't buy any of it. And so having said that, this minister keeps saying, well, you know, we can't get involved. And I get that. The government doesn't have a hand on who goes to what jail, what their sentences is. That's all separate. But certainly... You know, they know who Lawrence McCauley is. He was a liberal solicitor general back in the day. And when it was found out that Carla Homolka was having pajama parties with a bunch of other sex offenders in minimum security, he picked up the phone and days later she was back in a maximum uh, security uh, facility for psychiatric and then sent on to maximum security to finish out her sentence. And so if there's a will, there is a way. And there's just never any will in this government to do simply the right thing. Well, you're absolutely right. And so, you know, and that's why I've communicated directly to the minister, as I have uh, in a letter that has been made public to the commissioner, do the right thing. The minister uh, absolutely has the legal jurisdiction and authority to uh, issue uh, a ministerial direction that Paul Bernardo be uh, returned uh, to to Millhaven. There's no question that he has the authority, and uh, I'm hopeful that he will exercise that authority and will get a good, a proper result. But um, you know, I find it disappointing when um, uh, Corrections Canada tries to correct me <laughs> when I said that we didn't get prior notice, um, and they said that we did. When, when that simply wasn't true, unless you say leaving a single voicemail at 9.30 on the morning of the transfer, um, it was enough to give prior notice. It, it wasn't until the afternoon when we actually made actual contact yeah. uh, that I was told 
that the transfer had already been completed. And and I have said the corrections. I mean, you think that, you know, I'm 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 a, a very busy trial and appellate lawyer. You think you could just leave me a, a voicemail. And by the way, the voicemail when I finally retrieved it simply said, "Hi Tim, we have some information for you." That was it. Um, but, you know, I got to the message a couple hours later, and it was a fait accompli. So for them to try to suggest that they've given me and the family's prior notice is really disingenuine and misleading. And that is part of this kind of systemic, uh, bureaucratic uh, mindset uh, that needs to be changed in this country. 100%. We need absolute changes to the victims' rights bills. We actually need some victims' rights uh, in this country, which we don't have. But, you know, we saw the same thing uh, when uh, Rodney Stafford... Um, his daughter Tori was killed, and he his family didn't find out till nine months after the fact that Terry Lynn McClintock had been put in a healing lodge, even though she's not native. And you know, uh, Michael Rafferty was put into a medium security facility where right now he's enjoying his own townhouse, like with a bunch of other inmates. And so, you know, all we get from the ministers is, "Oops, I'm sorry," and we're seized, and we we have your back, and all the rest of it. But there's a real there's a real impact on these on these victims who are told, you know, at the beginning of of a a crime. We have your backs. We'll be with you. We'll stand with you. And then time and time and time again, we see a failure of the system and no actual accountability. Right. And and it's not even in accordance with the law. That's why I say this knee-jerk reflex of privacy shield that they put up under the Privacy Act. People need to understand, we also have an Access to Information Act. And the Access to Information Act and the Privacy Act uh, operate in tandem. And as I just said a minute ago, even under the Privacy Act, they have to do this analysis of public interest in a major public institution funded by the taxpayers of Canada who have a right to know how their institutions are being run and the particular privacy interests of Paul Bernardo. I'd like someone to define, and we did put this before the federal court, so when we do get a decision, um, you know, we'll have some real good guidance on this. Someone can, has to explain to me what particular privacy interest is left with Paul Bernardo, even, even as late as uh, the, two, the last parole hearing, which was in 2021. So two years ago, even then, the parole board found, based on the evidence, that Paul Bernardo is not treatable, he has no insight into his offense. Uh, he has no remorse. He has no empathy. So what in God's name is going on? Someone needs to define the particular privacy interest that they think should be protected as against the public interest right to know. Someone needs to explain that. They haven't explained it because there is no explanation. Exactly. Just before I let you go, Tim, when you spoke with the minister, was there any contrition or recognition that they've screwed up? Or that maybe he will pick up the phone now and simply do his job? Well, he, I mean, in fairness to the minister, he did say uh, this morning that, um, that he still considers this to be shocking and incomprehensible, uh, and that he wanted the fam- me to communicate that to the families. And um, uh, I, I, I'm not sure how to characterize it other than I was certainly left with the impression uh, that uh, we haven't heard the last of this, and I, I, I'd like to be cautiously optimistic uh, that uh, the government will now do the right thing, and that we, I hope that the public keeps the pressure on that this is unacceptable, and let's do the right thing. And um, so that's kind of how we left it. Stay tuned. Uh, Tim, very much, I know you are busy, so I do appreciate um, you talking to us, and I know you do answer emails because uh, you come on the show. So Thank you very much, and we will uh, see what happens here. Cheers. Great. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Yeah. Um, So we'll see what the minister does, because either his head is rolling or his staff's heads are all rolling. Someone's got to go. You just don't get away with this crap. 
I know accountability doesn't exist anymore, but give me a break. Shocking and incomprehensible. Yeah, what's shocking and incomprehensible is that you can sit in front of a camera and say that with a straight face and not feel completely disgusting about yourself. I would be in a shower after that press conference going, how would I possibly, well, I wouldn't do a press conference like that because I wouldn't stand in front of a camera fully knowing that I'm lying. I just, it's crazy to me. We'll follow it and continue following it.